0: Good morning. I'd like to welcome all of you to our worship service here at Revely United Methodist Church. Whether you are joining us in person or joining with us online, we welcome you this day, whether you are a member or a visitor. Uh, Today we are in the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are continuing our sermon series on making room for Jesus. Today we're going to hear the story from the Gospel of Matthew about the angel appearing to Joseph and kind of hearing the Christmas story from the perspective of Joseph. And we're going to be talking about Uh, God's dreams for us and the big dreams and the new dreams that God has for us. So we're so glad that all of you are here with us this day. A few quick announcements. Uh, First of all, at 4 o'clock this afternoon in our chapel, we will be having our service of remembrance. So for anyone who has had any kind of uh, loss and is looking for some uh, comfort and some hope and community, we invite you to come to that service at 4 o'clock. Uh, Also, just another reminder, on Christmas Eve, we will not be having services on Christmas Eve morning, but we will be having our uh, normal Christmas Eve services that afternoon. Our 3.30 service is our children's pageant, which will take place in the fellowship hall. Then we will have a 5.30 lessons and carols candlelight service here in our sanctuary. We will have our 7.30 communion service in the chapel, and then our Uh, 11 p.m. candlelight communion service here in the sanctuary. So you'll find all that information in a bulletin or in our website. Uh, We welcome you this day, and may the Lord be with you.
1: How do we prepare our house and our hearts for the coming of our Savior? By listening to the words of the angel who spoke about the saving work of God. Today, we light this candle as a symbol of love. May Jesus, Emmanuel, Son of Mary, be more than just a dream in our hearts. May love grow within us, transforming us, that we may do immeasurable more than we can imagine.
2: Let us hail to the Lord's anointed by standing and singing together hymn number 203. is rain on- So...
0: comes to take away transgression and confidence in that truth. Please join me now for our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, as we enter into worship this morning, we confess that our hearts are not aligned with yours. You want to do big things in our lives and new things in our midst. You desire your house to extend beyond us, but we like it as it is. Forgive our obsession with comfort, our fear, and our lack of faith. Despite us, we ask that you build our house in us and beyond. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Hear now the good news. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. In his name, Jesus, means he saves. He saves us from our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I invite you now to share signs of peace and reconciliation with those around you.
3: Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift, offered to us without price. I present today Maya Marie Jordan for Baptism.
1: And now, as Maya comes to the waters of baptism, we have questions which we ask you, Katie and Julian, as parents—questions of faith where you answer not only your faith in Christ but your desire to pass that faith down to Maya. And so, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you: Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, respond by saying, "I do." I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist, resist evil, injustice, and oppression? In whatever forms they present themselves. Again, I do. I do. do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. I do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church so that by your teaching and example, she might be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, And to lead a Christian life, I will.
3: Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Maya now before you in your care?
1: With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live
3: according to the example of Christ. We will surround Maya with a community of love and forgiveness that she may grow in her service to others. We will pray for her that she may be a true disciple who walks in ways that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you amen. believe in the Holy Spirit? I
4: believe in the Holy Spirit. All of God's church. Be in Forgiveness of sinners. resurrection of the
1: <laughs> Bible. I gotta tell you, Maya was offering a rousing amen and during the Apostles' <laughs> Creed there. <laughs> the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord Lord, all the the earth, earth. tell Tell of of God's God's mercy mercy each day. day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works works to to the nations, nations, his glory glory among among all all the the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and this child who now receives it to wash away her sin to clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she might share in his final victory. All All praise praise to you, eternal Eternal Father, Father, through your your Son, Son, Jesus Christ, Christ, who with with you you in the Holy Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. forever. Amen. And what name is given this child? Maya Marie, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
3: Now it is our joy to welcome Maya Marie Jordan in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit, into God's new creation, and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood.
4: We are all one in Christ Jesus.
1: With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member
3: of the family of Christ.
1: Let us pray. Lord God, we ask that you would put your spirit upon this, your child, Maya. Raise her up to be a strong follower of you, Show her the way of hope. Show her the way of love. Be with her in every joy and every challenge. Surround her by your grace this day and in all the days to come as we commit her to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Maybe your mom wants to come with me. We're going to take a walk. We're going to go together. And I want to show you all these people out here. My First of all, can you see your family all right there? Do you see them? And you see all these people out here? You see your mama right there, don't you? I'm going to let your mom hold her, and you're going to walk with me. <laughs> we can walk down together. So I want, you, I want you to see Maya. We have just made some promises about her. Well, there you go. <laughs> we promised that we were, going to, we were going to show her the faith in all the days to come. We promise that we're going to show her love, and we're going to help her know the love of Jesus in all these things. So we bring her to you, and we can start this way now, and we're also, as we're making our way back, we're going to sing a song to you to be reminded that you are a child of blessing and a child of promise, okay? Let's sing. I'd like to invite our children to come forward. We're going to have our children's time up front along with our director of children's ministries, Karen Rios.
5: Good morning, everybody. And as the children are coming forward, if you are joining us online, then please move a little bit closer to your screen because this time is for you as well. If there are any children worshiping with us. Well, good morning, everybody. Thomas, you gonna come and have a seat? Good morning, Hazel. Hey, Virginia. Hey James. Alrighty. Well, you guys all look so pretty and so handsome. I love what I'm seeing up here on the stage. So we have been talking about Christmas, and we focused a lot last week on Mary, but, but today Pastor Pete is going to talk about Joseph. So I brought a couple of visuals. So does anybody know what Joseph did? Does anybody know what Joseph did for a job? Yes, what he did for a He was a carpenter, so look what I brought, a hammer right? And I brought some nails. Because Joseph was a wonderful carpenter. What do you carpenters do? Does anybody want to tell me? Okay, go for it. Make furniture, of- Make furniture out of wood. Thomas? They build things. Excellent, Thomas. Anybody else? Sometimes they fix things. And you know, it's so wonderful that Joseph had this job where he did things with his hand. But I bet That If you were to ask Joseph, he had no idea that he was going to have to raise the Son of God. As a matter of fact, when we read the Bible, we read it from our perspective because we know what has happened already. But while Joseph was walking through this walk with Mary, all of these things were happening to him. And I bet he was a little bit surprised. And I bet he would never have imagined that the Bible that we read today has his name in it and that we would all know his name. He just thought he was going to be just doing carpentry work for the rest of his life. And so it's one of those nice things that God always has bigger plans for us than we have for ourselves. But the one thing that Joseph did was is that he was obedient. And I said this in the earlier service. He wasn't trying to live his life on YouTube. You guys all got that, didn't you? Nor was he trying to be on reality TV. He was just really doing what God's call was for him. And lo and behold, God gave him something super special to do. And we all know him now. So why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for Joseph and his life and his obedience and his willingness to answer your call so that we can model him with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alrighty. Well, you guys can all go back to your seats. I know I'd love to hang out with you up here too.
6: Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. God, source of all light, by your word, you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. Today's first scripture reading is from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, and verse 16. This may be found on page 245 of your Pew Bible. God makes a promise to David, king of Israel. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, But the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up The people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth, and I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. and evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: Our second reading for the morning comes from the book of Matthew, reading in the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. Will you listen once again for the word of God? Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord God, as your word is offered this day, it is our prayer that you would speak to each and every one of us. Open our hearts, open our minds to hear a new word of hope and life, for we ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, every time I read that story that Nathaniel read for us from 2 Samuel 7, I cannot help but envision uh, my seminary preaching professor. Her name is Betty Octemeyer, and she has long since gone to the Church Eternal but she was old school seminary professor. And she would push us time and time in our preaching to make it better. And I still see her, her eyes looking at me as I write a sermon even to this day. But what I remember about Betty Octomire is what she said about this text we just read. She said that you really can't understand the Old Testament unless you understand this text. Really, she said you can't understand the Bible unless you understand this text let me see if i can explain because when we meet king david in our reading here this morning he's at the top of his game god has blessed him and victories abound and now in that peak place god want david wants to do something for god wants to build god a house wants to build god a temple The prophet Prophet Nathan comes along, brings him a word from the Lord, and and says, David, you are not the one to do it. In fact, your son is the one to do it. And the truth be known, God is not too excited about this dream of building a temple anyway. And then the text, in a beautiful way, it turns on this word house. God says to David, you want to build me a house? Well, let me tell you what. I am going to build you a house. But it's not going to be out of bricks and mortar. It's going to be out of your line, your lineage. And in that last verse, he says to David, basically, there will be somebody from your line all the way to eternity reigning on the throne. And now if you read the rest of the Old Testament, 29 books left, there's this literary, this spiritual tension How's this promise going to work out? What's going on with all these kings? Because as you go through those pages of the Old Testament, it's not looking good for Israel. The kings are corrupt. They are weak. They're making a mess. Israel's not doing great. The temple's built a couple times, but it's just a, a small glimpse of anything it was before. And so as you get to the last page of the Old Testament, and Malachi, it's just not looking good for Israel. And the question is, where is the promise? But then you turn the page to the very first book, page of the New Testament, the book of Matthew. And at first it's confusing because you have this long list of names, including David, and a long list of lineage from David. And right there at the very last on the list is Joseph and Mary. The point being, from the very start, God is faithful. God is reliable. God keeps his promises. And indeed, there is going to be somebody on the throne for all eternity, and that is Jesus Christ. And you see, these two texts are united thematically, but they're also united by this concept of dreams. Dreams. There's two dreams. David had one dream. Matthew or or, uh, Joseph had another one. You see, again, David wanted to build this great building for God, something grand, something that would be better than the tent that God had been in for centuries. But God says in so many words to David, sorry, David, the house is just too small. And also the big dream, wasn't, the big dream that he had wasn't big enough. And the truth be known, the dream was more David than it was God. In contrast, we turn to Matthew and we see the story of Joseph, and Joseph didn't really have big dreams of temples. His dreams were of the milder, the quieter sort, and the text is frustratingly absent on details, but it's not hard to imagine Joseph's dreams. He was a carpenter, pledged to be married, and it would have been a good life, a quiet life, marriage, children community. And most all of us can envision and relate to those young, simple, but powerful dreams. But of course, it didn't work out. As the text says, Mary was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit, and now everything is upended. All the hopes are gone. So now he isn't dreaming, he's surviving disappointed dreams. And he's a good man, he's a righteous man, and so he manages the disappointment. And he seeks to do the next right thing, as the text said, to dismiss her quietly. But then an angel enters in, in a literal dream, and says, Joseph, God has a bigger plan, a bigger vision for you and for Mary. Take her home as your wife. But you're going to have to make room. Because in so many words, God is going to do something bigger and you know when we hear this point in the text it is very tempting to go into the sort of graduation speech version of this story go out there and and dream big dreams attempt great things oh the places you can go which is one of my favorite books by the way a great book because it's a great story and it's a great message to dream great dreams but that's not the message of this story See, both Joseph and David were called to do great things, to live into great dreams, but they weren't their dreams. In fact, if you think about it, they both had to release their dreams and instead hook on to this new thing that God was doing. I wonder if any of you have ever been there. Let me tell you just briefly a little bit of my story. When I was a mid teen, I was 14, 15, 16 years old. I dreamt about one thing, and that was flying for the military. It's all I wanted to do. But there was a problem. You see, you had to have 20/20 vision to be able to do that. I wasn't even close. And so you know what I did as a 15-year-old, I read I, I prayed every day for God to give me 20/20 vision so I could do this thing I wanted to do so desperately. Nothing really happened so I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the Bible. So I read the entire New Testament, didn't understand 97% of what I read. But I read it, and I got closed up the Bible at the end of it, and I said, God's going to heal my. give me that vision. My eyes only got worse. And I've shared parts of this story with you, and you know that eventually I did fly, but it was as a right seater, a navigator, a bombardier, a weapon systems operator. And though I got to fly, and though I loved it, It wasn't everything I had dreamed of. But I'll tell you what, it took hundreds of hours of sitting in that cockpit, years at sea, and years of Bible study, to finally understand the point that we're making here today. See, there's a point where I had to realize it's not God's primary task to endorse what I really wanted to do, even though I wanted to do a good thing. That's not God's primary job. And what I had to do was come to that place where I had to release my dream and understand God had something different, even bigger in store for me. It wasn't a bad dream, but it wasn't where the power was. It wasn't where the spiritual momentum was. In fact, God was saying to me about my dream, it's nice, but the house is too small. But you know what the beautiful thing about both these stories They really unpack what the dream of God is. They're not nebulous. They reveal the grand nature of God's plan, God's desire, the thing to which David and Joseph had to latch on and to which we are called to do also. And you find it in our reading in Matthew in verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. You know, just a few moments ago, we were right up here at the baptismal waters, and we baptized Maya. And you know, there was a moment where I say to the parents, what name is given that child? And they offer her name. That's why we, in the old language, we call it a christening. We don't call it that anymore, but we used to, because there's a time where in baptism you are taking on the name and being adopted into the Christian family. All that is sort of a sacred moment. A similar thing, even more so, happens here in the text, where the angel names the baby Jesus. Jesus, which means saved. And it captures the purpose for Jesus. In his name, he will save the people from their sins. See, that's God's purpose. That's the reason Jesus came. That's the role of Christ. He came to live a powerful life. He was a prophet, but he came from the very start to save you and me from our sins. Because, you know, friends, there's this other thing that is rolling all through the Scriptures, and we're going to hear about it next Sunday evening at our Lessons and Carol service. We always start that with a reading from Genesis that describes the fall of Adam and Eve. And you all have heard that story, and you know that Adam and Eve, that's really you and me in the story. And we're going to hear the story about how they fall into the way of sin. They're lost, hiding behind fig leaves. And then there's this beautiful picture of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And he's calling out to his lost children, where are you? And you see, friends, the entire Bible, 66 books, is a story about how this loving God calling out in the garden, and you and I as sinful humans... How we're going to get together. How God calls out to his lost children saying, where are you? And how you and I continue to hide behind any fig leaf we can find. And then we open up the book of Matthew and along comes this baby in a manger. One who will save us from our sins. One who was born not just to live, but to die. He will die our death. He will take on... Our sin, and He will restore you and me to the garden in the cool of the day, into the loving arms of a hopeful God who welcomes us and bids us come. Eden is restored in the cool of the day. As the Wesley hymn, Hartha Herald Angel sings, says, God and sinner reconciled. Such a massive dream, but this is what God has done for us. And what God has done for you and for me, God wants to do for the entire creation. That is the dream to which we are called to grasp on. But it's hard, isn't it? We like the quiet life. We like stability. We like that routine. Same life that Joseph and Mary sought. See, our dream is often stability. God's dream is saving the world. You know, friends, that's one of the reasons we're doing this new sermon series starting in January. On January 7th, we're going to start a sermon series entitled Hard Questions. And we're doing it because people around us, people who aren't here this morning, they are asking hard questions of God, hard questions of the church. Some of us may be asking these questions. And we need to be equipped to respond to the questions that are abiding in people's hearts. So, we're going to do some hard questions for six weeks. The first week, January 7th, we're going to ask the question, Why doesn't God show up? Where's God when I need him? Where's God in those hard times? On January 14th, we're going to do a sermon titled, Is God as Exclusive as the Church Sometimes Seems? On January 21st, Dr. Carla Works, the Dean of Wesley Seminary, is going to be here to preach on the question, Where is God in the Middle East War? And we're going to keep going for three more weeks on that. i got to tell you, it would be a whole lot easier just to have normal sermons. But see, God has a dream about reaching people who aren't here today. And each of us need to be equipped to have a reasonable, a comfortable conversation around even the hard questions that come our way. And prayerfully, those weeks will help us in that effort. See, there's a reminder in all of this that God has not put you or me on this planet just to be, but to be a means of multiplying this dream of his, offering the same Jesus who has saved us to save others from their sins. Let me see if I can bring all this home with with a story. Because three and a half years ago, Um, We are in the peak season of COVID. It was June of 2020. I'd been appointed here, and I was coming uh, on my first day here at Reveille. And so my wife Lynn and I, we were moving all my boxes, all the stuff into my office over at the Reveille house. And as I unpacked one of those boxes, I came across this piece of paper. You know what it is? It's a letter that I had written to myself. In January 1992, I was a brand new pastor back then. I was on my first appointment, six months into a full-time appointment. And in those days, we went to this thing called convocation. Three, four hundred clergy would all meet at Blackstone, the assembly center. And we would have seminars and training, inspiration, all that kind of stuff. Well, I I got in late, so I ended up uh, in a room with two other pastors who had been serving for decades. The three of us were in that room. But i got to tell you, these two pastors, they were tired. They were more than tired. They were worn out. And they literally stayed in the room for those three days chain-smoking cigarettes. They had a grocery bag. I'm not kidding you, A grocery bag full of candy bars for three days. They smoked cigarettes and ate candy bars. I don't think they made a single seminar the whole time. So at night, I was watching these two pastors who have been around for decades, and I sat in my bed, and I wrote out this prayer. I already had a sinus infection from all the cigarette smoke. <laughs> I, was just, I was just watching him. One man, as he was there smoking a cigarette, he, he had the headache, you could tell, and he was just holding his head in his hand, and I was afraid the cigarette was going to singe his eyebrows. But i got to tell you something. These were two very good men. They were kind men generous men wise people and but the problem was they had lost their fire they had lost the dream they had been beaten down by life and what had happened is the house had gotten very small and all they could do was manage in this spiritually disabled condition in which they lived i need you to know that when i looked at these two men it was not in judgment I had a great deal of respect for all they had been through. When I looked at these two men, in my young eyes, it was with fear. If it can happen to them, it can happen to me. It can happen to any of us, whether you're clergy or lay. So I prayed a prayer that day, and I recorded it. Please, God, by your grace, let this not happen to me. Friends, I'm wondering today. If any of you who are here today, whether you be young or old, if you can relate to that story. Life is hard. We're tired. We've lived a lot. Our dream right now, is just to get by. Perhaps you do an inventory of your soul, and maybe you do feel like the innkeeper. I got all this stuff going on. There's no room for Jesus in here. But here's the good news, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ always has room for you. We might downsize our dreams just to survive and get by, but God never downsizes his dream. Jesus Christ was born into that major. Jesus Christ did live. Jesus Christ did die. And Jesus Christ is risen. He is victorious over anything that drains you today anything that is pulling your soul down today, anything that is holding you back today, Jesus Christ is victorious over that. Because in him, there is no place where there is no hope. And brothers and sisters, his house still has room for you, no matter what. His house still has room for your dreams, whether they be building a temple or just living a quiet life. But he's also in that house. Going to invite you to latch on to an even bigger dream, a grander dream. And don't be surprised if, in that place, he says to you, just as he said to David, just as he said to Joseph, just as he said to Mary, Sorry, but the house is too small. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
3: Friends, I'd like to invite you now to join me in the spirit of prayer. Lord God, first and foremost, we'd like to thank you for this opportunity to gather together on this day in Christian fellowship to learn how we can grow closer to you in your mission to serve your people and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. On this day in Advent, we continue to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, We thank you for his life, death, and resurrection for all people. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, who was given to us by your grace, mercy, and unconditional love for us. Thank you for allowing us to find joy, hope, and inspiration in the story of a small baby born in a lowly manger. Oh God, in this season, we pray for all who are experiencing grief and loss during this season. We pray for those who have lost loved ones and have empty seats under the Christmas tree and the dining table this year. We pray for all who are struggling to cope with loss of all kinds. Lord, as you've told us that you are close to those who are brokenhearted and those who are low in spirit, we ask for you to continue to hold us, hold us close, comfort us, and remind us of the everlasting love that only you can provide. Help us as we continue to discern how we can make more room for Jesus in our lives in the midst of so many things going on. Unifying God, we thank you for the Universal Christian Church. We thank you for the ministry and fellowship of our partner churches, Love Center of Unity and Cornelia Christian Church. We thank you for the countless church leaders and congregations around the world who are committed to serving others and building up the kingdom of God Here on earth, we thank you for your grace and love that has reconciled our relationship with you and continues to renew and refine us. We ask all of these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who taught us to pray, saying these words Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And now I'd like to invite our ushers so we can proceed with our offering and give our gifts back to God.
4: Tin terra pan so tis, and terra pan tis, adamus te, beletigibus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te, gracias a tibi Christi, be pro, gloria So many who's <laughs> born in Bogota, this well te who's taken, say, salt tuus to soul the
3: give these gifts back to you, the gifts that were given to us to give back to the world to serve your purpose for your kingdom. We lift up these prayers to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen. And now, friends, I'd like to invite you all to join me in our last hymn on page 218, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, lines 1, 2, and 4.
1: service today. Our ringers will be up here today. You've got a great piece for you. You may want to stay for that. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, both now and forevermore. Amen.